0: Welcome to this special edition of the Strategy-Driven Podcast, an interview with David Parmenter, author of Key Performance Indicators, Developing, Implementing, and Using Winning KPIs, part two of two. On behalf of the entire Strategy-Driven team, I would like to welcome you to this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast, an interview with David Parmenter, author of Key Performance Indicators, Developing, Implementing, and Using Winning KPIs, Part 2 of 2, the Strategy Driven Podcast focuses on the tools and techniques executives and managers can use to improve their organization's alignment and accountability to ultimately achieve superior results. These podcasts elaborate on the best practice and warning flag articles found on the Strategy Driven website at www.strategydriven.com. In this special edition podcast, David Parmenter shares with us his insights on creating a winning key performance indicator system that transforms these reports into decision-making tools supporting achievement of superior bottom line results. And so now, without any further delays, let's get started. Before we get into talking about creating a performance measurement system, there was one other topic I wanted to talk with you about, and that's in the area of critical success factors. And I know between Edition 1 and Edition 2, you put a lot of additional emphasis on critical success factors. I was wondering if you would describe for our audience what a critical success factor is what their benefits are, and the benefits of understanding them, and then briefly, how one would go about identifying the critical success factors for their organization.
1: The definition that I've used is one that I um, was given, if you like, by Oz Industries, who did some fine work in this area before me. Mm -hmm. And they say the critical success factors are, a list of issues or aspects of organizational performance that determine ongoing health, vitality, and well-being. Okay. It's on page 199. And since the first edition, and since um, I've done a, a number of workshops um, around the world, my two-day masterclasses, or I've done um, a two-day in-house uh implementation uh, commencement process, I have spent more and more time uh, in this year realising the significance of an organisation finding its critical success factors because it's not only uh, immediately lights up where we need to find our performance measures or where the KPIs are likely to be, it also changes our whole way we look at reporting a uh, whole way we manage our working day. If we look at the truly great companies in the world, and I consider one probably the, the leading light here is Toyota. Um, mm-hmm. I understand uh, some listeners may um, not be happy with uh, some of the current problems with the throttles that they've faced, but um, as we all know, Um, It's being fixed, and uh, there was a good reason how that happened, but um, I'm not here to talk about that. But what I'm talking about is here we've got a company where if you talk to anybody on the shop floor, anybody in a production facility, anybody in administration, and say, what are the critical success factors of Toyota, they all will be able to tell you. Mm -hmm. Pray tell me, I'd say to the listener. What are your organization's critical success factors? And i tell you what would happen. Each listener listening to this broadcast or podcast would say "A, a different set to the next person from the same company. In other words, very few companies have defined it and narrowed it down. In fact, what they're talking about is what I call success factors. And we have, in most organizations, 30 to 40 success factors. And so what I've done is developed a methodology, a very, very simple methodology. And in fact, I've just run it recently um, for a small country golf club, which I'm associated with, to help them out. And we, over a couple of sessions, have worked out what the seven areas of focus are for this golf club. And when they looked at it at the end, it was obvious The answer always is for every organization. The trouble is, whilst it being obvious, it's not obvious until you've actually done the exercise. In other words, when you find your critical success factors, nothing will be new to those people in the organization. And they'll say, I could have told you that, but let me promise you this, they they wouldn't have been able to get to that list any other way than going through a proper thought um, and uh, relationship-driven process. And I've set that out in great length and it would take too long to describe the process. But it's um, all set out in now um, from pages 199 and uh, they can listen to some webcasts where I further explain this and you can get access to those webcasts which are free uh, from uh, my website which is davidparminter.com. So this important area of intellectual Uh, property I've already donated um, out to the world to help people with this to help organizations I will never ever come in contact with find their critical success factors because it is and can be one of the greatest legacies any uh, listener could possibly leave in their organization if they undertake this exercise.
0: Absolutely and I find in organizations where Every individual within the workforce understands those things that are critically important to the success of the company, and they can translate that into what they do on a day-to-day basis. That's when you get true alignment, and you get heightened efficiency, you get greater employee engagement. The organization itself just runs so much better, and ultimately, they're so much more successful.
1: Uh, Nathan, very interesting. You know, you you mentioned this. I mean I would take it so far as to say that every staff person should have a beautifully framed document in front sitting in front of them and it should flash up on the screen every morning as a welcome saying these are our critical success factors and this is where you should spend most of your time or as much of your time as possible mm-hmm. and, and the significance of this is very profound i would suggest to you that at least 40% of meetings that happen would immediately stop because when staff who went to that meeting said pray tell uh, me uh, what critical success factor we're working on this meeting and there'd be this look around the group as they, it dawned on them but in fact this, the purpose of this meeting it's just a continuation of the meeting we had last month or last week. There's no other reason for it to happen. And so the scrapping of meetings, the scrapping of reports that are prepared, which have n- do not tie into the critical success factors, it's a cleansing of, um, of the organization.
0: David, in your book, you present a method for developing a key performance measurement system and really going beyond the method. You provide templates and and very specific instructions as to to how to go about executing this process. Would you briefly describe for us the method that your book talks about for coming up with a key performance measurement system? Certainly. it's got a twelve-step process, and
1: uh, I, I uh, acknowledge um, at the very beginning of the book that this twelve-step process was largely set out already for me uh, by Oz Industries in Australia, and they did a great piece of work uh, uh, many years before me. But it sort of died a death, and I revitalised it and put some of my thinking around this twelve-step process. And I talk about the, I mean, the first step, for example, is a senior management commitment. The second step is the establishing a winning uh, KPI project team and how you f- go about finding that. The third step is establishing a, a culture, the right culture for the team. In other words, a just-do-it culture. In other words, we can do this. We do not need external consultants to come and advise us. Uh, uh, we've got the understand our company. Uh, we've got enough tools and help to do this ourselves. And there's no right or wrong way are uh, just better ways? And hopefully you will, uh, you know, use the better practice way I'm suggesting. Step four is looking at it: um, is this project? Have we picked the right timing um, for it? Does it fit with where we're trying to go at this point in time? If we're just about to buy another company or be bought, well, obviously it's not the right timing. Step five is all about marketing and how we market it to employees. And many project. projects fail in this area through insufficient selling or insufficient use of a PR machine in selling change. Step six is the finding of the critical success factors which we've talked about. Seven is the recording of these performance measures in a database. I know, as you mentioned, Nathan, it was a big point for you, is the, the emphasis on making sure that we do have a database which traps all these measures that have been found in these workshops uh, when we're brainstorming the critical success factors, um, and we trap them immediately, and then we start sorting them and sieving them, labeling them, and uh, this database is all set out, sort of structure of it, on on, on page 75 of the book, the types of things. You can do it in an Excel spreadsheet or in an Access database initially. And um, uh, step nine is, you know, then sifting through these measures that we've got finding out which ones could be KPIs, and they'll start emerging to the surface as you start, as you go from one brainstorming session to another and find that different teams are coming up with the same measure, time in, time out, time again, I should say. Step 10, developing uh, the right reporting framework. Some some very brilliant work has been done by a chap called Stephen Few, and uh, uh, I wonder, Nathan, have you ever uh, done, it, uh, done any podcasts with Stephen Few? Uh,
0: I haven't. I have not had uh, opportunity to talk with Stephen.
1: Yes, yeah, so, so certainly that would be a very useful for listeners to find out his um, work. He, he, if you look, search under data um data visualization as a category heading in Amazon, you'll find that he is the writer of the top three books. So, in other words, he's the guru on how to display data and obviously we are talking about that with kpis so i'm very much a sort of uh, uh, a disciple of his in that regard and i refer to him now in my second edition and step 11 is facilitate. the use case you once you've found them you've got to keep on massaging them working getting that ceo to when you give them to him on a daily basis that, he, that ceo he or she makes those phone calls uh, and uh, and have something in their top pocket that they, as they're walking around they can refer to You know, so you make it um, high copy and electronic and lastly um, the, the loop step where we review maybe uh, once a year uh, do we need to tinker with any of these measures uh, are the critical success factors still relevant uh, in many cases the critical success factors will, will stay locked with that company forever such as a timely arrival and departure of planes will never, ever leave the airline industry. That will always be a critical success factor, but some of the others may change slightly. So that's the 12-step process, and what I did w- with requests from those small organisations, they said, David, um, your, your, your 12-step process, which is over 16 weeks, would be far too long for us. Can, you, can we not up it quicker? And I developed those 12 steps and I merged them some together and I called it an eight-phase process. And I set that out on page 276 and I covered a, ch- a complete uh, chapter on it, um, chapter nine for those people who, who are uh, who are small
0: to medium enterprises on page 243 of the second edition. Now, David, for those undertaking, whether it's a new performance measurement system development effort, or updating, revising the existing performance indicators. I find that in particular, when they're first introduced to the executives and managers of the organization, that there's always some misinterpretation or misunderstanding of the meaning behind the KPIs or the PIs or the the results indicators, and in fact, in, in some cases, the real danger is that misunderstanding leads to inappropriate action. Is there something in particular the team that's developing, whether it's, again, the new system or revising the current system, should do to make sure that the executives and managers fully understand and appreciate the information being presented to them?
1: What you're alluding to there, Nathan, is the most important step, which is step one, is getting that senior management commitment, and you only can do this by selling to them this change through their emotional drivers. It's taken me years to understand that you can never sell change through logic. You sell it through the emotional drivers of the buyers. Now, salespeople have understood this for years, and yet, we as managers or accountants or HR managers tend to not use, not sell that way. If we were brilliant selling, you probably wouldn't be listening to my podcast at all. You'd be out there selling something and making a fortune out of it. So recognize that selling may not be a strong point and learn to understand how you work with these emotional drivers. The experts in this area are the. Public relations people, which I allude to in the book, that they're vital to be brought in early on as such a project to help massage the way you prepare presentations, the way you sell it, the way you even present it. And if I was to present a 20-minute slot to a board, I could tell the listener now, I would practice, practice, practice that display until I've got it so perfect. But after the 20 minutes, all the board could do was break out in applause. Then I know I have conquered uh, that change process.
0: Now, David, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and that was the database. And, And we've referred to the database of performance indicators throughout our discussion this evening. I was wondering if you would tell our audience just a little bit more about the database and maybe any particular characteristics or maintenance activities that they should do in creating and then maintaining the database.
1: Well, the, the, the database is relatively straightforward. I mean, um, you definitely need to name the measure. So people need to sort of defi- uh, describe what the measure is. Uh, the second sort of... Um, field for it is the type of performance measure it is now uh, at some stage during its life we will know whether it's a KRI, an RI, a PI or a KPI and if it gets to be called a KPI only the KPI project team have the rights to name something as a KPI and they will have run every measure through those seven characteristics to ensure we need to know who is going to be responsible for getting this measure uh, you know, recording this measure and putting it into the system, uh, we might want to know um, where this system is going to be. You know, what, what the, wh- where are we going to trap this data? We will want to tie this uh, measure down to find out which critical success factor it, it links to. And some measures may not link to a critical success factor; they may link to a less important just success factor but at least let's say where this measure is coming from why we're having this measure I also like to link back and say this measure which area uh, of the scorecard would it um, work in or improve Mm -hmm. and and a measure may have one two three linkages in fact the more powerful the measure um, the more balanced scorecard perspectives it will affect the other thing is the other field could be time zone you know what is this measure is it a past measure you know is it a current measure measuring yesterday or today's activity is it a future measure measuring an activity that hasn't yet occurred and we do want to make sure that teams have got this blend of past current and future measures we want to know the frequency you know is it daily 24 by 7 weekly monthly or quarterly um and uh, hopefully the listeners know right away, but if anything's got monthly in it, it, can, it will never have the KPI status or quarterly. And then, of uh, most importantly, we would have a column for every team in the organization and a tick box system so that they can tick the measures that they're, they're currently working in. And what's so important about this, you can immediately find... What measures we've got in the database that nobody's using? Well, the first thing you can say, well, <laughs> should be we not get rid of them. And also, have we got measures that three sales teams are using, but the fourth isn't? And if so, why? Let's t- point that out, and we may get some consistency now by them realizing, hey, if that uh, is a good measure, why aren't we using it? By following this, we'll hopefully make sure that teams don't have any more than 20 to 30 measures. And some teams, and I'd like to point this out now, will never ever have KPIs in their list. Okay. S- and such as the finance team. The finance team in most companies, or um, will never have a KPI. Where they can work with the organisation more effectively is finish what they do as quickly as possible, and then work and help their in-house clients such as those in operations, who are working on a daily basis on the KPIs of the company. In other words, their best way of helping the organization in the critical success factors is working with those teams who are directly working on them. So service um, uh, in-house support functions often will not have KPIs, but most of the KPIs will be operational. Okay. And if some accountants listening feel very um, uh, should we disheartened by that fact, then all I say to them, well, uh, change your job. Um, if you want to be that important to the organization, uh, you need to work in the most important areas. And uh, whilst I am uh, an accountant myself, I freely recognize the fact that the most important thing I do as an accountant is when I'm, supporting those people who are working on the critical success factors in an organization. That's the most important thing I do. It's a whole change. in, in So I now become much more serv- service-orientated instead of spending a lot of time doing monthly accounts, annual accounts, or annual planning.
0: Sure. Now, David, before we close, we've mentioned it before, but you have a website, and it's Com and you have an abundance of resources on winning key performance indicators on your website. Would you tell us a little bit about your website and all of the resources that our audience members can find there?
1: Davidpalmza.com site, it's a sort of my version of a blog site. Uh, My blogs, though, tend to be large articles as opposed to um, a couple of paragraphs, so it shows my latest thinking. I, I'm currently working on areas such as developing um, uh, foundation stones for ser- uh, f- uh, serving uh, uh, leaders. Um, I'm looking at the foundation stones for they Pay and all my latest thinking goes immediately posted on that site. Eventually, I, I gather my thoughts together and publish uh, a white paper, which is my latest thinking, and people buy this white paper. Some of my white papers are probably the most expensive white papers around, but the reason why I charge that money uh, is because there's a lot of um, uh, electronic support of templates uh, with that. And also, I want people the, who, who purchase my white papers to do something with them. Um, but there's articles uh, as well on that site, and... Uh, And there's uh, some um, free electronic um, templates as well. So there's always something happening, uh, and that's that purpose. And I hope people will um, – it will go on their favorites list uh, and use it. And there are links to all my books, and that will take you direct to the Amazon site and so forth. That's really what that site's all about.
0: Well, great. And we will, again, provide a link so our listeners can just visit the accompanying article to this podcast and go directly with one simple click to your website so that they can get a hold of and take advantage of all the great material that you provide there. Excellent. David, I want to thank you again, not only for your time, but for sharing your insights on how to create a performance measurement system that really is a decision management tool rather than being just a set of reports. And I want to mention again, not only did I thoroughly enjoy the second edition of Key Performance Indicators, but I have personally used both the first and second edition in my work to help the organizations I work for, as well as those that I have worked with as a, a consultant, implement performance management and monitoring systems for themselves. I highly recommend that the members of our audience pick up a copy of Key Performance Indicators, and more importantly, I hope that they'll use the templates, the tools, the methods, and benefit from the performance measurement libraries uh, and examples that you present within the book as they go forward to create their own performance monitoring and assessment programs. So thank you again very much for joining us.
1: And thank you. Uh, Nathan, and it's, a, it's very rewarding for me to hear you know, how useful that work's been because that's why I've uh, spent all this time writing it, it's to be used. And I wish um, all the listeners uh, great success uh, with implementing winning KPIs and I urge them to email me sometime in the future when they've made progress just to let me know because... Sometimes uh, as a writer and speaker, you live in a bit of a void really um, and it's always so nice to, to get feedback that well, what you're doing is being used and that you're not wasting time because uh, if I ever felt I was, I'd rather be playing golf.
0: <laughs> with
1: that, I, I, I wish you all uh, well and uh, many thanks. And uh, Nathan, thank you so much for the interview and the opportunity and all the best with your great organization, Strategy Driven.
0: Well, thank you very much. Have a great evening. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this special edition of the Strategy Driven Podcast. I would like to personally thank David Parmenter for being with us today and sharing his insights on how to create a winning key performance indicator system. As always, we would appreciate receiving your feedback by email at Podcast at StrategyDriven.com. If you enjoyed the show, please consider voting for us on Podcast Alley and visiting our website at www.StrategyDriven.com. You can find more information about David Parmenter and key performance indicators at www.DavidParmenter.com. Until next time, so long.